Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. The final edition. This week, all the sketches have something to do with history. The Middle Ages, the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War II, 19th century Kansas, and the Supreme Court from the final edition's miniseries on the Supreme Court, which is still available on Howl, I think. This is the final edition Radio Hour. Time Life Video presents Hitler, The Last Eight Days. Let Time Life Video take you into the inner recesses of the infamous bunker and witness the desperate moments of Adolf Hitler as he attempts to patch together a crumbling empire. Day one. Okay, guys, number seven on the agenda. The picnic. No, wait, we already did that one. Oh, yeah, here we are. World War II. Any questions? Uh, yeah. Uh, what were we thinking? I mean, we must have been nuts or something. I can't believe this. What a big mistake. The whole thing went over like a fart at a wedding. I don't want to name names, but somebody here drops the ball. He's got a teeny mustache and his name rhymes with Schittler. Okay, okay. Somebody kick me. Go ahead. I deserve it. You think you can do better? You take over. Here, take the keys. See the hysterical rants of a madman. Day two. Who keeps ringing the doorbell? Well, who is it? And another thing. How come no one informed me that the Ninth Army has been pushed back six kilometers? From now on, all messages will be left on the refrigerator. And use that sushi magnet! Day three. One of the Fuhrer's many mood swings reveals a positive side. Look, I never said the Reich would last a thousand years. Ten years, tops. Come on! I think we did very well. We reached our goal. Important people are impressed. Buck up, guys. You're in the bunker, aren't you? Krebs, give Herr Obermeister a verbal gift. Day four. The tension mounts again. The German people have proven themselves too feeble to stand the test of history. There is no betrayal that has not been heaped upon me. You swine will all pay with your own blood! Oh, jeez. That damn doorbell again? Day five. Eager to save their lives, Hitler's staff plans for escape. The Fuhrer is insane. We must escape the bunker now, before the Russians come. Yes, yes, yes. But the SS guards the entrance. 
We'll never get out alive. Then we must disguise ourselves as civilians, prisoners, anything, and then wait for the Russians to come and then walk out unnoticed. Ah, uh, yeah. I will dress as a woman shopkeeper. Yes, and I as a baker. And you, Stempfager, what about you? I will go as a gigantic beaver. Day six. An order of mine has been disobeyed. Just for that, no one is allowed to move until I command it. Day seven. Okay, somebody moved. I know it. Don't tell me who. Let me guess. No hints. Day eight. Hitler's suicide pact. After we poison the children, we must our own lives end in a proud and dignified manner befitting the Third Reich. I, Adolf Hitler, will go by poison. How will you go, Hauptmann? I will take the poison and shoot myself in the mouth. Krebs? I will take the poison, shoot myself in the mouth, and then fall onto my sword. Herr Bormann? I will take the poison, shoot myself in the mouth, fall on my sword, and then douse my body with kerosene and light myself on fire. Hauptmann? I will take the poison, shoot myself in the mouth, fall on my sword, douse my body with kerosene and light myself on fire and drown. Krebs? <sighs> I will take the poison, shoot myself in the mouth, fall onto my sword, Douse my body with kerosene and light myself on fire. Drown and uh, cut my throat. Borman? Okay. I will take the poison, shoot myself in the mouth, uh, fall on my sword, douse my body with kerosene and light myself on fire. Drown and cut my... cut my... Uh, um... Um, you are out. Damn. Now I got to leave the bunker. You can't commit suicide with us. Foreman has to die of natural causes. Ah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Who keeps ringing the doorbell? Order Hitler the last eight days now and receive an extra day free. Day nine, after the suicide. Hey, guys. I can't find the beaver costume. Why is everybody napping? Come on. Let's escape. That's Hitler. The last eight days. Closed caption, not available. And now, the makers of Edison Cylinders bring you the audio version of the actual Barton County Democrat of Great Bend, Kansas, October 14th, 1890. A man living south of Wallet had five head of horses killed by lightning Tuesday night. We understand that Mr. Riggs, our station agent, is going to resign his position. He perhaps will locate in New Mexico. Mr. Henry Schultz dedicated his fine house last Tuesday night with a dance. An infant child belonging to Mr. and Mrs. Daly of Walnut Township died suddenly Saturday morning of inflammation of the bowels. Robert Merton has purchased another 160-acre tract of land. We are not informed as to the amount paid. He is one of the kind of men who believes nothing is made without venture. Mr. Beard is reported somewhat better. B. Wilcott recently lost a valuable horse. Mrs. Schwermley is expected home from Colorado. Julius Bach recently lost two valuable stacks of wheat. 
fire. Who's killing the Twinkie? When Hostess Brand announced that they would go out of business, widespread blame first landed on the Baker's Union, until it turned out management overpaid executives while underpaying pension funds. But in the end, the real culprits are us. Consumers just don't eat Twinkies, ding-dongs and snowballs the way we used to. As we see in this vintage 1960s commercial. Are you a hard-working man with a powerful hunger? You bet I am, short stuff. Then dig into a Twinkie. Mmm. Well, I could eat these all day. You literally could. All day, every day. Twinkies have a full daily adult requirement of sweetness and processed wheat. So now that you've eaten enough for today, why not get ahead for tomorrow? Mmm. Mmm. Each Twinkie is enriched sponge cake, engorged with rich, creamy filling that tastes like it ought to contain dairy of some sort, but doesn't. Hey, can I have another pack? Eat yourself sick. Each Twinkie you stuff in your gob makes you ever healthier and more impossible to defeat in tests of strength. Why, look how tall I've become. Give me another Twinkie. With each new Twinkie, your power grows threefold. Soon, you will become an unstoppable force of good or evil. It is for you to choose. I shall destroy you all! Twinkies, they fill your whole day. Eleven this morning, a worker starts their bucket yes surveillance or watching the history channel george washington we all know he crossed the delaware river with his continental army on christmas night 1776 surprising the british in trenton but we at the history channel must ask what if george washington had been a turtle ucla history professor mark bitkoff well I- I'm not sure what you're asking. If George Washington was a turtle, how would that have changed the Battle of Trenton? Uh, Well, uh, he would have moved a lot slower, I guess. Being a reptile, he'd be cold-blooded, so he might have had trouble with the cold weather. But with his shell, I guess bullets wouldn't have hurt him as much. But the whole question is just... Bullets couldn't hurt him. Noted history hobbyist Terry Franhorn agreed that George Washington was a turtle. We see numerous accounts describing George Washington as six foot two inches tall, with high cheekbones and a bony or cartilaginous shell. Also, like George Washington, turtles do not lay their eggs underwater. And indeed, Terry Franhorn showed us a description of George Washington like that in Franhorn's own handwriting. But if Washington, and by extension everyone in that era, was a turtle, we would have to conclude that George Washington was also a Highlander, an immortal warrior compelled to battle other immortals until, in the end, there can be only one. We'll give the last word to frequent angry internet commentator Benson Plenty for Schitzbill. The... I, I, I can't read this. George Washington, as a turtle, 
who cannot die. This is the History Channel. We take you now to Federal Hall, New York City, in the year 1789. So that's our First Amendment to the Constitution, allowing homophobic extremists to harass people at military funerals. What's next? The Second Amendment, the right of any person at any time to own any weapon whatsoever. Mm. Mr. Speaker, we just had a revolution precisely so that someday anyone who walks into a college or movie theater or mall food court or Amish schoolhouse or even a kindergarten could possess the most state-of-the-art military hardware and quickly kill innocent strangers in truly massive numbers. Well, obviously, we all want to make that possible. But what about convicted felons buying guns? The law may require background checks, but demented psychopaths can still buy whatever they want at a gun show. That is the original intent of we, the Founding Fathers. Oh, yes, oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 certainly, mm-hmm. certainly. Absolutely. Mr. Speaker, I do raise a concern. This amendment may expose the true intent of our new nation. You mean to design a government specifically for the killing of children? You'd be surprised how many people are not altogether on board with that. So if we want to make sure demented imbeciles can always get a hold of fast and portable firearms, and obviously that's why we're all here. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Certainly, certainly is. Then we need sacrifice other proposed amendments. Just for appearance's sake. Mm. But we already rewrote the Declaration of Independence, so it didn't say life, liberty, and the seared flesh of boys. Even so, look at our proposed 11th Amendment, and I quote, If there be habits that will make the environment unlivable for future generations, Congress shall stand by with their thumb up their posterior and pretend everything is copacetic. Unquote. Maybe we should drop that one. Or how about the 12th Amendment? And I quote, uh, Children whose parents go away to jail on drug charges should consider selling their bodies to privateers. Unquote. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, we'll sacrifice those two for now so we can get away with the gun thing. But how will people otherwise know those were our original intent? I believe over time, intelligent people shall divine and share in the Founding Fathers' violent hatred of children. Let's just move on to the Fourth Amendment. The right against unreasonable search and seizure. Everyone knows that's supposed to be sarcastic, right? Torn from a world of tyrants beneath this western sky, we formed a new dominion, a land of liberty. The world shall own we're masters here, then hasten on the day. Huzzah, 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 huzzah for free America. And now, another adventure with the Fighting 59th, the toughest platoon in World War II. All right, men, we're going to take that hill, and not everybody's going to make it back. So before we go, i got to read this memo from Human Resources. HR again, Sarge? Yeah. Wasilowski? Yeah, Sarge? We're not allowed to call you a Polak anymore, and we're not allowed to tell Polak jokes, neither. Good. 
That shit was getting on my last nerve. But what if we have a great joke about somebody stupid? Well, then you say it's about people who live one town over from wherever you happen to be standing. Jewstein? Yes? We're not allowed to call you a kike, a heeb, a yid, a Christ killer, Ikey, Jew boy. Actually, this is a pretty long list. I'll just hand it out. You guys study it on your own, okay? But I keep telling you, I am not even Jewish. I am French. And my name is pronounced Justine. And finally, uh... Uh... Hang on. Hey, you there! On that hill! Spreckency English? A little, yeah. Alright, well, uh... We got a memo. We're not allowed to call you Fritz anymore. It's considered offensive. But my name is Fritz. Huh. Well, uh, the memo doesn't cover that. So, uh, we can't do it. Well, that doesn't seem fair. I'm the real victim here, you know. What are we gonna do, Sarge? Huh. I'll tell you what. How about we kill him first? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Kareem, you really should wear your hair down. No, Princess Mommy. It's like a thousand degrees outside. When are we going to get an air conditioner? You know, Kareem, when your father, the Prince of Rinaldia, first met me, he was most attracted to my hair. He said it was wild and untamed like the sea, and he wanted to ride in it. Oh, and Dad's not even a prince anymore. He went AWOL on us after the coup, remember? Well, yes. He may be in hiding somewhere in Eastern Europe, but he is still a prince. And we may be here in the suburbs of St. Louis, but we are still of royal blood and we should act like it. Okay, Mom, don't freak out and don't sing to it. But there is another mouse under your chair. Oh! oh, 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 oh. Hello, little friend. Oh, look at him with his little tummy. He's a fat one. He'll be your truest friend. Uh. Animals are always loyal, unlike those girls that wrote cunt on your locker. Mom! I'm sorry to bring it up, Corrine, but other girls will get jealous when you are the fairest in the land. Mom, I go by Karen now. It's a normal name. And I'm not the fairest in the land. I'm just cute. Well, have you any suitors? Well, Dylan McBurlife did ask me to the prom. A ball! No, the prom! But I'm only going because Taylor Muckner already had a date, but now we're cool, and I really like him more anyway. Two suitors? They must fight for your honor. 
a fight to the death on noble steeds, and whoever emerges victorious, you must give your rose. But, you know, only if you really love him and fully consented is your rose and your choice. Mom! Now, if you should choose to go with him back to his castle... I've actually been meaning to ask you... Everyone rented rooms at the Hilton Inn afterwards. Can I go? Sure. Now, when you go with him to his realm of the Hilton Inn, when you lay down on the bed, you must squirm and state you cannot sleep because there may be a pea under the mattress. There are no peas under the beds at the Hilton Inn, Mom. Corrine! Princes, especially secret princes, are always testing women to see if they're real princesses that they can marry. Mom, I don't want to get married. I'm only 16. I know, you're getting to be quite a spinster. You just said it was my rose, my choice. Fresh direct. Ah! Oh, was that another dragon? Yes. Ever since your father left, those damn dragons have been trying to kidnap me like nobody's business. It's very hard being a single princess, Corrine. Fine, don't get married. But one final piece of advice... If he offers you an apple, do not eat it. It may be poison. Mom, poisoned apples aren't even a thing anymore. Well, don't leave your drink unattended either. People are always trying to poison princesses on prom. Oh, that sounds like a song, doesn't it? When you poison princesses on prom. Mom! On oh, please stop singing. Oh, all the deers and squirrels are flocking to our yard again. Let's just watch the Kardashians. Oh, I do love them. They're America's royalty. Barton County Democrat of Great Bend, Kansas, October 14th, 1890. Mr. Martin recently sustained some very serious injuries while attempting to break a young colt. The birthday party of Mrs. Erna Cole was a most enjoyable fair. A little three-month-old child belonging to Moss Fletcher died last week and was interned in the Ellenwood Cemetery last Sunday. Dropsy. The Grand Central livery stable underwent a change of owners on Monday morning. Murder. A fine rain Monday night was very acceptable. Mr. George Unruh, while cutting corn for John Harper one day last week, sliced his leg pretty bad with a serrated blade, laying him up from work. Recovery not expected. Jay Flick, the genial landlord of the Rock Hotel, has been confined to the house and a part of the time to his bed for some two weeks. Stomach drainage. Jay Diefenbacher succumbed to dropsy. And now a joke. A good one is told of a traveling salesman who was fleshy and completely bald-headed. He was in a crowd at a street fair down at Oklahoma City last fall. He took off his hat and wiped his head when an old lady standing behind him a few feet gave him a punch with an umbrella. He turned around just as she was preparing to give him another dig when on seeing his face she exclaimed, Oh, excuse me, sir. I thought it was my man, Ike. Your head looks just like his behind. I dreamt that I dwelt in marble halls With apples and serves at my side And the ball who assembled within those walls That I was the hope and the pride I had returned to great so powerful 
Take you back to 1896 when Plessy versus Ferguson upheld separate but equal racial segregation in a case where a man who was one eighth black could not ride in a white train car. The final edition asked the man on the street back then, What do you think? I don't know what an octoroon is, but it sounds delicious. Every time I order a mulatto, they screw my name up on my cup at Starbucks. I once knew a boy who was a septeptaroon. He was one-seventeenth black, which is not how math works. But goddamned if I was going to sit next to him on a train. Personally, I think the most interesting thing about Plessy was the fact that he was eight raccoons in a bag. Why is it V and not a VS? I like versus versus V. Let's hear that case. In the case of V, V versus. I think we're missing the real issue in Plessy v. Ferguson. When are we going to start creating better names? Can women still not vote? Okay, okay. Shut up! Get out of here! How are you doing? Get, Get away from the microphone! How do you not know? I mean, like, separate but equal, but like, we, we, we should have the better one, right? <laughs> And now, episode 12 of Ken Burns' The Flame War. Dearest Yelp, Thursday night, my companions and I ventured forth to the spaghetti boat on Route 12. As a cloud of mid-level Italian cooking benumbed our senses, a hostess named Aisha led us to a table that was, at once, both too close and too far from the bathroom. The waitress gave us menus after an interminable seven minutes, then returned too soon for our order. We panicked that she would vanish into the fog if we betrayed any hesitation, made hasty, unready choices. Choices we would regret. She was also late with our soda. I give the spaghetti bowl only one star and fear I shall not be home by Christmas. Signed, Beauregard 26. To my Yelp followers, my own experience at the spaghetti boat has been of a different complexion than for the aforeseen Beauregard 26. I find the salads fresh, the pasta endearing, and the breadsticks unlimited. Do not be misled by the traitorous and deceitful musings of Beauregard 26, who is taking spiteful revenge for perceived minor slights, and who reacted with resentment and dysphoria upon learning he was not the center of the spaghetti boat universe, and who is also a gaywad. I give spaghetti boat five stars. Sincerely, Rat Fart 3. To all on Yelp who hear my cries, I impart a dire warning that the supposed Rat Fart 3 
far from being an objective arbiter, is in fact a spaghetti boat employee, an ill-bred and churlish knave who attempted to clear our table while we still lingered in discussion of profound import. And who uses the word gaywad anymore? How old are you? With great concern, Beauregard 26. Oh, yelp. Beauregard 26 cried, cried like a young maiden of first blush when informed we no longer serve the bloomin' onion. He is a soft product of private schooling and would not last one day as a waiter and is still a gaywad. And I shall back that judgment with steel. Eternally, Rat Fart 3. Yelp, my love. I have created 114 throwaway online identities, and they have all given this restaurant one star. I am Beauregard26. P.S. If Ratfart and I truly are on opposite sides of this great civil conflagration, why do we both have southern accents? That was episode 12 of Ken Burns' The Flame Wars. Tune in for episode 13, when Ratfart 3 delivers the immortal response that sets off the final battle. Gaywad, 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 Gaywad. Last week, teen pop star Justin Bieber visited the Anne Frank Museum in Amsterdam and signed the guestbook, Anne was a great girl. Hopefully, she would have been a believer. Since then, it seems everyone has weighed in on the story, from the Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am, to Anne's own stepsister, Eva Schloss. Everyone except for Anne Frank herself. The final edition now brings you her exclusive response. Hello, Justin Bieber. It's me, Anne Frank. I know it's weird for me to reach out to you, as I have been resting peacefully since 1945. That is until you visited my secret annex, signed the guest book, and then I rolled over in my grave. Look, you seem like a nice girl, so I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt and listen to your album. I mean, hey! If I hadn't been locked away in a tiny attic with seven other people, mice, and two cats with fleas for over two years without seeing the light of day, while constantly fearing for my life, maybe I would have enjoyed the depths and complexities of your lyrics. I've got money in mine hands that I'd really like to blow. Swag, swag, swag on you. Chillin' by the fire while we eatin' fondue. Who knows? Had things been different for me, I may have appreciated listening to your runs, as opposed to having them. After contracting dysentery from drinking contaminated water in a concentration camp where I've watched my family die. It's just that I had so much going on, but with being locked in a closet for so long, something tells me you can relate to this feeling. I'm just saying, had I not been so selfishly preoccupied with not walking or making a single sound for fear of being murdered, I might have really dug your beatboxing. Maybe had things not gone the way they did, the Holocaust and all that stuff, I would have lived to see my diary published, and I would have been a famous teenager too. And instead of being ripped apart from my family and dying a slow, painful death, I would have punched a cake on the set of CSI like you did. 
but probably I would have just eaten it because we didn't have sugar. So yes, maybe had all these things not happened to me, I would have been a believer. But instead, I penned a beautiful and poignant account of what living through one of the most tragic events in history was like. Have fun selling your perfume. Auf Wiedersehen. If I was your boyfriend, never let you go. So that was all written by Jim Earl, Barry Lank, I'm not sure who wrote the George Washington Turtle sketch, Samantha Gerwitz, Megan Gallagher, and Jennifer Dodd. It was performed and improvised by all those people, plus Tony Hendra, Kevin Janis, Sharon Spellman, Rob Gordon, John Marshall, Ben Kirshner, Gil Barron, Keith Saltajanes, Dominique DeBell, John Gutierrez, and Jessica Park. Everything was engineered either by Barry Lank or Greg Russ. Lots of music by Kevin McLeod. Next week, new sketches. We've begun the new season of recording and producing, and there will be new things. Good night. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.